Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on MFGA's Aquanti project. Also, we'll get a winter wheat update from Ducks Unlimited. Up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the general manager of the Association of Manitoba Community Pastures. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Association of Manitoba Community Pastures was one of the groups to receive funding through the province's Conservation Trust. I got the details from General Manager Barry Ross. Well, we received uh, a total of $275,000. of that is for range management assessments. And we've been trying, we have 20 pastures in Manitoba, and we've been trying to do a range assessments on two of them each year. And so that money goes towards doing that work and just making sure that uh, the pastures are in good condition and what we need to do to improve them. And the the other bulk of the funding, uh, 250000 was uh, in another category, and it was um, for grazing and range management improvements at uh, eight of the pastures. And so that we take what we learn in the range management assessments, and then we, we focus it on where we need to make improvements on on fencing systems or watering systems, dugouts, um, that kind of thing, brush clearing and brush encroachment. That will be taking place on uh, eight of our pastures, like I mentioned, Alonza, uh, Beald, which is up by Grandview, Cody San Clara, which is uh, north of Roblin, Alice Archie, uh, which is by Macaulay, Ethelbert, which is by Ethelbert, and Langford near Nipwa, and uh, Spy Hill Alice, and Wallace, which are closer to the um, to the uh, uh, Burden uh, Macaulay areas as well. And uh, what the, the type of work what we're doing on those pastures is, um, like I mentioned, uh, some range management improvements. So we try to uh, spread out the grazing and uh, try to get uh, the native grasses back to to where they are and uh, increase our uh, carrying capacity. So. We uh, we'd be doing things like cross fencing so that we can do rotational grazing and and with that cross fencing there's usually water systems that needed to be added and uh, in some cases some some brush clearing to get the fences put up and and open up some areas for grazing so those are the kind of projects that we'd be doing on those pastures. Is there a timeline on when this work will uh, be completed? Uh, it's hopefully will be done by this year. That was Barry Ross, General Manager of the Association of Manitoba Community Pastures. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Total seeding progress in Manitoba is sitting at about 88% complete. That's compared to the three-year average of 94% for this time of year. High wind speeds over the last week, coupled with frost on May 30th, hurt or delayed crops in many areas. Dry surface soils together with wet or saturated subsurface soils have combined for difficult emergence in some crops. Flea beetle spraying is ongoing. For the most part, Manitoba's winter wheat crop is coming along nicely. Ken Gross is an agrologist with Ducks Unlimited. Well, so far, we're pretty happy with the fields that we're working with in southwestern Manitoba here. We had some rains recently, and we didn't get those the last two years. And so the crop is, is looking pretty good. There are spots I know around Selkirk that haven't got the rains yet and maybe even a touch of the frost. So those ones are not performing quite as well, but they're hanging on. 
Rose says the recent frost didn't do a lot of damage to the winter wheat, but may have set it back a little bit. And Manitoba's alfalfa crop is expected to progress quickly this week. John McGregor is with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. With alfalfa, it's, it loves heat, so uh, we, we're expecting that you know, we're going to see uh, probably between our, our Monday morning uh, testing and, and maybe Wednesday or Thursday of this coming week, you know, we could see the alfalfa jumping an inch a day. The most critical thing we have right now for some areas is that uh, moisture is probably uh, needed uh, more than heat is. McGregor says it's still too early to guess when heyday is going to arrive. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, June 3rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a winter wheat update from Ducks Unlimited. Today, we're joined by Ducks Unlimited agrologist Ken Gross, who's based in Manitoba. He gave us a winter wheat update. Well, so far, we're pretty happy with the fields that we're working with in southwestern Manitoba here. We had some rains recently, and we didn't get those the last two years. And so the crop is is looking pretty good. Um, I have talked to, across Manitoba, it has looked pretty good. There are spots, I know, around Selkirk that haven't got the rains yet, and maybe even a touch of the frost. So those ones are not performing quite as well, but they're hanging on. What stage would you say the crop is at? It's dependent. The ones in southwest here are still in the tillering stage, um, three to five leaves, and and as you move further east, they're starting to joint. Yeah. You mentioned the frost there, you know, it uh, dipped down there over the weekend. Did it cause any damage? Yeah, there, there seemed to be a little bit of leaf damage on the uh, winter wheat. There's uh, you know, to be concerned, you have to take two things into consideration. What growth stage is that and how bad of a frost it was. And I think in most areas, the frost was down to as, as minus 2 to minus 4. You can take the minus 11 with winter wheat as long as it's still in the tillering stage. And uh, all you're going to see at that stage, and that's where this producer's was, was a, a little bit of leaf browning. It'll set the leaves back, but and nothing too serious. It's when it's jointing, it can't take quite as bad of temperatures, and it can affect the growing, uh, the seed head as it moves up the stem. So, you know, that might be something to take into consideration. But I don't. I think overall, it didn't cause too much damage. Probably just set the winter wheat back a little bit. Any um, insect or uh, disease concerns at this point? No. The, the fields look pretty clean so far, so I know there there are some um, producers doing a little weed control in there right now, but otherwise it, it looks pretty clean. Going forward, what sort of conditions uh, are we hoping for? Well, we're starting to get the heat now, so if we can get another rain, that would be a good thing because with, with the winds and the heat, it's started to dry up a little bit out there, so another half-inch, inch of rain would be welcome. That was Ken Gross, agrologist with Ducks Unlimited, talking about this year's winter wheat crop. This week, the province of Alberta announced $40 million to help support Emission Reduction Alberta's Food Farming and Forestry Challenge. Glenda Lee Allen Vosser talked with ERA's CEO, Steve McDonald. Let's start by talking a little bit about Emissions Reduction Alberta. What is it all about? Thanks, Linda. Yeah, Emissions Reduction Alberta has been around since 2009. 
and our role is to identify and accelerate those technologies that uh, improve Alberta's industry's success in a lower carbon future. So simply what that means is we help innovators advance their technologies so it can be deployed across all sectors and reduce the cost and the carbon footprint of Alberta industries. The funding comes from the carbon levy paid by large pile emitters. Alberta was the first jurisdiction in North America to actually put in place a carbon tax on large file emitters. That money is paid to the government of Alberta. And then the government of Alberta transfers some of that money to us to uh, identify and select those projects that we see the most promise. Now, the the funding is actually $40 million that's coming from that tier fund. Talk to us a, a little bit about the challenge and the money that we see coming in from the government and how that will be utilized. We'll get many good ideas come to us. We'll select the best ones in terms of the potential for the idea to be commercialized, the type of support that the market has for it, the company behind it. And based on all those factors, we select the best ones and we allocate the total $40 million amongst those best ideas. Projects are eligible for up to $5 million, uh, so there'll be a number of projects ultimately selected. So what kind of projects have we seen before? So in the past, we've uh, done projects in the area of like biogas. Think of using agriculture or forestry waste and turning it into a biogas that can be blended and used for uh, to be burnt in our homes or other processes uh, where heat's required or gas is used. We've used, uh, we've had projects that have taken things like uh, sulfur that's produced as a byproduct of the energy sector and turned it into a sprayable, you know, plant nutrient quality sulfur. So basically take that waste product and turn it into a valuable asset that can be used in the agriculture system. Uh, there's a whole range of ideas that we're looking at, uh, things around genomics, uh, you know, applications around uh, ultimate energy use. Now, is this challenge only open to Alberta residents? Or if somebody is, is listening to our discussion from another province and has an idea that they think could help or, or benefit the industry and would like to apply, can they do so? Glenda, we welcome ideas from anywhere in the world. So they're welcome to apply. But what we do require is that the project must be piloted, demonstrated, or deployed in Alberta. So we need to see a benefit in terms of the economic advantages and the environmental advantages right here in Alberta. If somebody is looking for more information, where should they go? Glenda, I encourage everybody to go to our website. It's eralberta.ca, and that provides you with all the details. The first round of application, the deadline is August 27th. Steve McDonald is the CEO for Emissions Reduction Alberta. They, of course, are holding the Food Farming and Forestry Challenge. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. 
That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Leal and Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. Keystone Agricultural Producers is partnering with Manitoba Agriculture to host a webinar entitled Cultivating Your Way to Burnout. The webinar will focus on fatigue awareness and management for farmers. It takes place June 9th starting at noon. The Manitoba Ag Museum near Austin has reopened its doors to the general public with reduced hours and new safety measures. You can follow them on social media for more information. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, we're joined today by Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association Executive Director Duncan Morrison, who gave us the latest details on their Aquanti project. Thanks to the generosity of Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development Department's uh, innovation and research stream, we were able, um, through the Canadian Agriculture Partnership, uh, we were able to complete a scenario on the Oak River um, the Oak River watershed, which looked at the years of 2009 to 2015 and fed that information and data into the model and, and was able to run a scenario. Um, the name of the project was called Investigating the Influence of Soil Health and Landscape Management on the Hydrologic Behavior of the Assiniboine River Basin and Oak River. So it's quite a lengthy title, as these tend to be, but at the end of the day, um, it was really uh, quite a, this particular watershed is in the um, jurisdiction of the Assiniboine West Watershed uh, District. And it's also, um, it's also kind of, if you think about it, it includes Shoal Lake uh, and some of those, uh, some of those kind of west-central Manitoba um, landscapes. What did you learn coming out of this? What was really neat about this is 2009 through 2015 was actually, and I think as we go forward, a lot of the, you know, a lot of blocks of years will be inclusive of major, uh, major events. Um, as you know, 2011 uh, was a flood, 2014 was a flood, and, um, but there was also some really dry times in that, in that block as well. And what this showed is that when, uh, when, the, when it goes from flood to drought in back-to-back years, um, that that regions with healthy soils, grasslands, wetlands are far better positioned to deal with the negative impacts to the system, either by holding water on the land for um, for agricultural purposes or for community purposes um, in times of flood, or or pardon me, in times of drought, or um, being able to buffer the impacts of flood um, when that cascade of uh, water comes through. What's on the horizon with with the project? Well, this is a really cool thing because. Um, you know, when you get a model and we announced, first announced our first project, it wrapped up in 2018, but we were, you know, basically it was 27 months before that that we announced. And, and the modelers, because of the, the level and the depth, I mean, it, it investigates nine layers 
of uh, it's almost like a Lego. If you take uh, you know a yellow Lego, red Lego, green Lego, etc., and you build that up, and that becomes uh, your watershed. So um, it's really cool that uh, we we're finally getting to this part where it's a, we're able to listen to um, stakeholders. And they, for instance, uh, Assiniboine West Watershed District said, "Hey, you know what? We're really interested in running a scenario. Maybe we can help uh, work with you guys on a project." So we started looking at you know we're able to look at individual jurisdictions and um, you know geographic kind of uh, um, um, landforms and and watersheds. Um, you know, across the Assiniboine River Basin because we have that baseline data. So um, we do have conversations with uh, conservation groups lined up. We've spoken to government. We've spoken to um, rural municipalities. And, of course, uh, you know, producers are uh, front and center on this. That was Duncan Morrison. He's the executive director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Frost over the weekend did cause damage to some alfalfa fields. John McGregor is with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. As we move towards the east, uh, the southeast portion of of the province, uh, it saw temperatures get into that minus three range. And although that's not overly critical, what was critical is that it stayed around for uh, close to five hours. And uh, therefore, we... We saw variation from almost no damage to some extensive damage uh, in that east area of the province. McGregor expects the alfalfa crop to progress quickly this week with all the heat we're expecting. And an agrologist with Ducks Unlimited says Manitoba's winter wheat crop is looking good. Ken Gross talked about what stage the crop is in. The ones in southwest here are still in the tillering stage, three to five leaves and as you move further east, they're starting to join. Gross says there's been some timely rains. However, some areas could use another half inch to an inch of rain. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.